0: Hey, everybody, Larissa Miller here. I shared a message this weekend about the redemptive power that a woman holds to influence, to help, to take her place, to be present in the church, and to Jesus first and foremost. So I hope it blesses you. Um, Love you guys. I have to ask myself, when Ananias sold that piece of property and the money comes in and he comes home and he's like, babe, Look at all this money. It was a thousand bucks. What if we go to Peter and say, like, here, we sold a piece of property, here's $800, and we make it look like it was the full price of the piece of property? What if this woman had feared the Lord in that? What if she had been there in the kitchen, hanging out at the island, talking? What if she had been? Ananias, I I can't, I don't think we should do that. I can't agree with you. What if she had given him courage to say, just give the 800 and say we're keeping 200 for ourselves. What if she had the fear of the Lord stood in that place and not been complicit? Maybe she would have saved her husband's life. Well, we know, we know, but I think about the power that she had and that she was held accountable for not standing. This is not one of those scenarios where it's like, submit to your husband, Sapphira. You see, that would be a wrong idea of submission. I'm not getting into submission. <laughs> <laughs> I just got to ask myself, what if? Because he died. And then when she stood before Peter, she had another opportunity to tell the truth. She still didn't. This was not a woman who feared the Lord. I think this is a woman who feared her husband more than she feared the Lord. (laughs) The power of what a woman believes, what she fears, what she says yes to, what she says no to ripple effect. Don't even like, I could talk to you about Ruth. I could talk to you about Delilah. Uh, I could talk you about Esther of all people. Like the power of what you believe and your yes or your no. Amen? I want to I look at the life of Jesus and the women who were present. So we talked about the power of, of what a woman believes. I want you to see women who are just present. Hmm. Look in. Now we're on Luke chapter two. Now Jesus is born. And like very good Jews, Joseph and Mary take their eight day old son to be circumcised. And they go to the temple and Simeon, who's been waiting, announces like, this is the one. Actually tells um, Mary, this child, fall and rising of many in Israel and the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed because of him but then there's a woman go to verse 36 thanks jazz now there was one Anna a prophetess the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Ash she was of a great age can I get an amen for the great age I'm going for it. And had lived with a husband seven years from her virginity. And this woman was a widow of about 84 years. (laughs) She did not depart from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And coming in that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him to all those who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. This woman is remarkable. She had been a widow for 84 years and her whole life's purpose was to serve God with prayer and fasting and wait for this moment that this couple would bring this child. I... um, Jane, I'm gonna embarrass you, but I last week I was I, I came to prayer and, and Jane was sitting at one of those tables back there and I sat down next to her and we hardly exchanged ten words. Um we sat through the praying, we both had our Bibles out, we were worshiping, and I sent her a message this week and I said, I know that that we didn't talk hardly but you need to know how much your presence strengthens me. How much courage I get just when I I look at you or I sit next to you, I have strength. It gives me strength that when a woman is present, a woman who fears the Lord just shows up. Whatever state she's in, when she's present, I had a, a relative um, a few weeks ago who's in her 60s and has served the Lord her whole life, has written children's curriculum, has served in every Sunday school and every women's Bible study and every, everything. And she made this comment. She said, at church, I feel, I feel irrelevant. I feel they, they don't really need me around anymore. And it just broke my heart. I'm like, come to Upper Room. We need you so much. Can I just encourage you, woman, if you are an empty nester, if you are a widow, if you are in that stage of life, just your presence alone gives us courage, gives us strength. If you didn't say a word, he gets strength from seeing you from being in your presence i want you to see another group of women go to luke chapter 8 this is one of my favorite passages luke chapter 8 <laughs> Now it came to pass, now Jesus is ministering, afterward, that he went through every city and village, preaching and bringing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God. And the 12 were with him, certain women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary called Magdalene, out of whom had come seven demons. Would you like to be introduced that way? (laughs) Welcome, Larissa Miller, out of whom has come seven demons. She's going to be speaking with us today. (laughs) But this is amazing, because then we have Joanna, who was likely a very wealthy woman, Susanna also, and then look at this phrase, and many others who provided for him from their substance. I don't know about you, but I'm like, I want to be in that small group, I don't know. I I don't know who these women are. I don't know if when he was going from village to village he's like he's 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 delivering them, he's healing them and I don't know how they have these this means to support him. Like are they are they making like pita and hummus and and like you know, giving his meals when he's done. I don't know, but I know that there's this mysterious group of women that are just following Jesus around because something about Jesus magnetized them. Something about him, they were like, I'm going. I'm following him. It was something about him that they couldn't wait to give themselves and their means to whatever he was about. That's amazing. And they were hodgepodge. Like you've got the demons cast out of her. And then you've got this wealthy noble woman. And they're all in this group together just serving him. Isn't that beautiful? I want to show you where else this group of women is. And if you hear me prophesying to you, broom women, then you would be correct. I'm telling you, this is who you are. Hodgepodge. <laughs> When Jesus is hanging on the cross in Luke 23, and he says, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. There's a whole crowd there, they're watching, but there's this verse in verse 49. This mysterious group of women again. But all his acquaintances and the women who followed him from Galilee stood at a distance watching these things. I'm not sure where the 12 were at this point, but I know where these precious women were. No offense, guys. I want you to see that God wanted it noted who was present. And then They're following, they're watching. When his body got removed from the cross, they're following what's happening. They go home, they prepare spices and oil. They take the Sabbath day to rest and they show up. They show up on that Sunday morning. Chapter 24. Now the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they, here we are, and certain other women with them came to the tomb bringing the spices which they had prepared. <clears throat> Keep going. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. <laughs> you think it was an accident who he let see the empty tomb first? I do not. I do not think it was an accident. And, and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And we know what happens. There's angels there. And then, look in verse eight. And they remembered his words. Then they returned from the tomb and told these things to the eleven. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles and their words seemed to them like idle tales and they did not believe them. What an honor and a privilege that the Lord gave to these women to be the first and to be the first to believe. When Eve was the first to believe the deceiver. You women who were a mess when I found you, you get to be the first to believe. Wow, wow, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Redemptive purpose of being easily swayed (laughs) is to be quick to believe i believe you lord wow okay i'm going to quickly just speak of so we've talked about the power of what she believes her presence means i mean i could have talked about mary just sitting at his feet what it meant to him i could talk about the woman who anointed his feet just being present to him you see what I'm getting at is like leaving behind perfection and being present to who he is and what he's doing. But the last thing I want to talk about is just taking your place. We all have a place and a space that we, we've been called to occupy. And some of us have been a little bit sheepish about occupying whatever space or place he's given us. I want to talk to you about Deborah and Jael. <laughs> <Yeah. Rah! laughs> <laughs> Guys, we just don't have that many, so we got to enjoy the ones we got, okay? It's, it's, it's fine. All right. Let me tell you about what was happening was judging Israel. She was the wife of a prophet. Israel had been harshly oppressed for 20 years. Think back, what's, this is 2023. We can hardly remember 2003. Are you with me? But imagine our whole nation being oppressed harshly, the Bible says, since And it says that this King Jabin had 900 chariots of iron. So I'm thinking he's really, really intimidating too, right? And he has this head warrior named Sisera. And here Deborah is sitting under the tree, talking to her for judgments. And, and, and I don't know how she got this revelation, but somehow she's sitting there and she says, go get Barak. And she calls him to come to him. And she she says, hasn't the Lord been speaking to you? He tell you to gather up the troops, and that he was going to defeat this king Jabin and his head man Sisera through you. Didn't the Lord promise you that he would defeat them? And he's like, Oh "Well, you know, I gotta wonder like how long how long ago had the Lord spoken to him?" And he he's intimidated, and what does he need? He needs courage. He needs a helper to give him courage, and. She, and so she's like, hey, dude, she's not trying to take the place. She's so just like, didn't the Lord speak to you? That he's going to set us free? And he's like, I'll, I'll only go if you go with me. I'm only going if you come with me. God, I, I would love to see Deborah. I can't wait to see you, Deborah. Um, um, <laughs> and so she makes this statement to him. She goes, all right, but. I'll go with you, but the Lord's gonna deliver Sisera into the hand of a woman today. And you're reading the narrative, if you don't know it, you think it's she's gonna she's gonna be the one to defeat Sisera. But it's not, it's a prophetic word about another woman who's just a housewife there in her tent with some milk and a blood. And so they go to battle that says the Lord routed the whole army, that not a man was left except this one warrior who must have been a well-known, intimidating dude. And he goes off running. And he goes off running to what he thinks is safe, familiar territory. And he sees this, of, of this Kenai that he thinks, like, I will be safe here. I'm welcome here. And she's just waiting outside of her tent. She's like, come in. Hi. You look tired. Come on in. You know, she's like a southern woman. And she's like, come in. I've got some sweet tea here. He comes in and he says, hey, if, if, if anyone comes by, just tell them, tell them there's no one here. Okay, yeah, sure. So she's like, have a seat. She brings him some more milk, a blanket. She's like, just rest. <laughs> this woman sleep and she's there she's just a housewife but she must have been strong she must have been very strong because of what she did how to take a lot of strength she grabs a tent peg and a hammer and there he is just covered in his warm blanket and she just drives his temple and it says through the ground do you i mean it I don't know if you've, it's a little bit graphic to imagine driving a tent bag through someone, but that's, that's strong. (laughs) But here's what's interesting, is that it set a whole people free from this harsh oppression that they had been in for 20 years, and there was a man waiting that just needed courage, to do the thing that the Lord had called him to do. You see, Deborah was taking her place, and when she gets up and she sings her song about like, yay, God did it. She doesn't say, when I arose as a judge, when I arose as a leader, when I arose as a prophetess. She says, when I arose as a mother. You see, because a mother is one who gives herself. Greater love has no one than this, than one who lays down her life. We, we, we got scars, amen? Like Jesus' scars. I wanna show you one other woman, and then um, um, if I can get the team to come up, we are gonna respond in worship. I'm really excited about this one. This is a woman in the new covenant taking her place. This is a woman in Acts chapter 16. Lydia is a God fearing woman. She is known as the first European woman to be converted. So she was like this gateway for the gospel to go into Europe. And, Sure, Acts chapter 16. verse 11 now let's start in 13 this is Paul and the guys they're out sharing the gospel and they go into this city and verse 13 and on the Sabbath day we went out of the city to the riverside where prayer was customarily made and we sat down and spoke to the women who met there now, a certain woman named Lydia, she was a seller of purple from the city of Thyatira who worshiped God. So this is not a Jewish woman. This is a Greek woman. She feared God, but she did not know the gospel yet. Okay? The Lord opened her heart to heed the things spoken by Paul. And when she and her house were baptized, she begged us, saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. And so she persuaded us. The power of a woman's persuasion made a way for the gospel to go to all of Europe. I This woman amazes me. Did you know that the literal translation of her name is... it? it Some commentaries say that the literal translation of her name means travail, to give birth. She is out by the river and she's gathered a group of women to pray. She's gathered a group of women to pray and she doesn't even know Jesus. She's just a God-fearing woman. And her heart received the gospel and her whole household then came to the faith they were all baptized this is fascinating because women in that day like everything happened through a man so she would have either been under her father or her husband's leadership but no none of them are mentioned here's a woman who feared God she's there praying these men show up and the gospel comes to a city Because she took her place. Because she believed God. And she was persuasive.